0: Welcome back folks to The Mailwright Show. This is episode 257. To say I've been looking forward to this interview, we've got a returning guest listeners and viewers. We've got Peter back on the show. So I'm going to let Peter introduce himself to you listeners and viewers. He came on the show over a year ago, I think it was like 18 months ago and I've I've been thinking I should have him back and then I finally... Got him back on the show. So, Peter, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yes, greetings. Uh, nice to be back on the show. Uh, thank you for having me, Mr. Denwood. And uh, 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 just for those of you out there who are not sure who the hell is this other dodgy sounding English bloke, I um, am a broker owner of a, uh, a fierce in Los Angeles called PLG Estates. Uh, we tend to cater to the kind of more creative clientele of L.A., um, and that's I... A dip- uh, that's
0: a di- diplomatic way of putting it, Peter.
1: It's, yes. I'm, I, well, part of my job's being a diplomat. Yeah, it yeah, exactly. is, Yes. But, and then I uh, also host a show on Netflix called Stay Here, and uh, was a former record producer. Aus music. Uh, all night long. Uh, had about, I don't know, 50 number ones between the UK and the US. And, uh... And then I like to take long walks on the beach and, uh, and uh, you know, enjoy chocolate. Apart from that, you know, I am just a regular, regular Joe, as they say. Yeah.
0: He laughs at my jokes, listeners and viewers as well, actually. Unlike many, many of our guests that look a bit <laughs> shocked when, when they're exposed to the English humour. Actually, Peter actually gets it. And I've got my beloved co-host. Robert will be Robert would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers
2: make
1: sure you get your details correct Robert
2: yeah I know Robert, I know I yeah. know it's make a little sure bit you... embarrassing that uh that I got uh, that I got your name wrong as a matter of fact if, if I'm not mistaken our paths have crossed but we'll figure that out in a little bit but um I was cr- I was equipped I'm the founder of Inbound <laughs> Real Estate Marketing which is a company that focuses on uh Uh, lead generation through seo for real estate agents if you want to learn more about me you can go to inboundrem.com how is that for concise john
0: that's great so as the start of the interview peter let's start off with the you know a dismal start let's talk about the pandemic and you know doom disaster and darkness so how you know how has it affected your own brokerage the last five months and how do you see the um till the end of the year fins panning out peter
1: well on that cheery note let me jump in (laughs) um (laughs) so funny enough i was slinging houses back in 2008 um and i remember really the kind of the sky falling back then and uh in march this year obviously as things began to explode I'm like, ooh, this feels familiar. This feels kind of like 2008 again. And uh, I looked at my missus, who's my partner in the business, and uh, I'm like, here we go, get ready. And what happened, certainly for me and for LA, I don't know what it's like for the rest of the country, but for LA, what happened was everybody took a breath. So at my firm, we probably close, I don't know, I'm, I'm ballparking somewhere around 50 deals a month, right? And. uh I expected them to start dropping out, like cancelling, dropping out, well,
0: or dr- Literally dropping, maybe.
1: Lit- oh, literally dropping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, no, I haven't had that happen, thank God. No. But um, what happened was really, really extraordinary. Everything seized up in March, like no deals closed in March. And then as the pandemic increased and rates dropped, the Real estate buying public in L.A. were like, eh, it's okay. And I have actually seen these have been the busiest months. April, May, June, July, August have been the busiest months I have experienced in real estate since 2005. Wow. Right, isn't so it? Over to you, Robert. It's a banner year, as we say in England. Yes, there,
2: yes. Jonathan. Yes. It, it yes. is indeed. So... Peter, um, you got into real estate around 2005, right? Correct. Okay. And uh, that was the years leading up to the pandemic. So I, I do have a question for you, which is probably a kind of like an outlier. But, but at that time, you were an agent or did you get right into the business as a broker? In 2005? Yeah.
1: No, I, I joined as an agent. Um, you know, I kind of shuffled in in, in the back room of, uh, of Keller Williams. I didn't really know where to go. I, I went and looked at a bunch of offices and they all felt like morgues. And um, and then I, I walked in this Keller Williams in this part of L.A. and they had these pretty artistic pictures on the wall. And I'm like, well, at least there's a glimmer of artistry here. Because I'd come out of the music business. So I was surrounded by colourful people and big personalities and and then I walked into all the brokerages, and it felt like I was walking in a bank and so um, i uh, I joined as an agent because I I, I I I've always been very very techie. and I was in the music business professionally since I was sixteen years old and um, it, it was a lot, it was a long road and it was great and it was fantastic I regret nothing and and I did well, but then I saw the music business was about to have a cataclysmic change, right? I heard about MP3s before they were even called MP3s. And I'm like, okay, okay. I've been in the game for about 18 years now. So I'm going I'm to kind of get out while, while, while I'm on top. So I, I retired from music, had a number one in 12 countries in the dance charts. Um, and I'm like, great. And I took the the money that I'd made. And I don't really know where this came from. I'm originally from Leeds, even though my accent is a little bit kind of smashed to pieces now. Um, And I remember my parents always saying, oh, there's money in property. There's money in property. There's money in property. (laughs) (laughs) And and so I was like, okay. And I remember working with my pal, uh, Juan Martinez, who's a really talented producer here in L.A., and I said, I got this check and I feel like I want to go get a new car or maybe I should buy a house. And he said to me, he said, you should buy a house, Pete. And those are some of the best words that were ever said to me. So I bought my first property and I guess I was flipping before flipping really was a thing. And I bought it in these areas that everybody thought they were shit old parts of LA. Right. Um, but I kind of knew that the areas were close to other areas. And I'm like, well, it's just a question of time before this pops and uh and so i started investing did well my music business people saw what i was doing i wasn't the only one trying to throw a rope over the wall of the music business so then i am doing a live podcast Do you want to say hello to everybody on facebook this is my son Hello, oh, hello. COVID, covid homeschooling
0: yeah,
1: okay. um and so uh a lot of my pals who just didn't relate to most people in real estate they related to me And I built my client base from that. And that's why I got my license. And then I'm a very binary dude. I'm all in or I'm all out. And I was like, if I try and do music and try and do real estate, I'm going to fail at both. And I kind of reached the end with music because I knew it was going to collapse. So I'm like, I'm just going to throw everything I've got into real estate. And I kind of had a bit of a knack for it. I found the creative way to do it. And I worked with my tribe and it was great. And I, I, I tried it the way I was instructed and it was very well, well-intentioned instruction, but it just didn't work for me. So I did it my way. And then I ended up being the number one Keller Williams agent in LA after five years.
2: What is your way?
1: My way is only working strictly within a road that is narrow, meaning I will not bend, I will not pander, I will not do scripts, I will not mimic the way someone's speaking to me, I will not do any of that horse shit, because for me it just doesn't work. I do, I do take my fiduciary responsibility extremely seriously. So if I'm working with someone and I'm mimicking their body language, and I'm doing scripts, I'm abandoning my fiduciary responsibility. My fiduciary responsibility is to be absolutely raw, honest, transparent, put my neck out, um, guide them, even if I'm wrong, if my intentions are correct. They're looking at me to, 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 to walk them out of the wilderness. They're not looking for me to play in the middle. And so that was my secret. I was very just balls to the wall. I was like, "You know, I know you want to buy a house in this in this street, but you know what? I think this street is is dog shit, so let's kind of go over a couple of blocks cuz I just don't like the fact that you know, they're putting in these really dodgy new homes." And a lot of my colleagues looked at me like I was bonkers. I was told to play in the middle. And I'm like, "I don't want to do that. If I'm going to I'm going to fail or I'm going to flourish under my own volition." And if I see, I don't fear failure, if I failed, I'm going to go off and open that surf shop and espresso bar on China
2: Beach in Vietnam. That's plan B. Sure. So which you've which you've never had to take because if you're the number one Keller Williams office in L.A., you're doing pretty good.
1: Yeah, I was I did well. I actually was very surprised. And this is no joke. I went to this ceremony. My office manager said, you getting an award. And I'm like, okay. He said, you have to go. I'm like, okay, I'll go. So I went to this big hotel and I'm, I sat in the back and they said, I'm the number one Keller Williams agent, is." And they called my name and I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I actually couldn't believe it. And, and then uh, a few weeks after I got that, I saw an opportunity where, again, I, I'm binary. I'm all in or I'm all out. I'm like, I just got the number one status in LA of a company that's got a pretty good rep at that time. And so then I took that number one status and I formed my own company.
2: Okay, which is PLG Estate. For for those that are listening, it's PLG Estates, right? Correct, correct. So if you're going to leave a brokerage and you're going to do something on your own because you're leaving the security of a, of a bigger brand and you're, you're going out and you're being entrepreneurial. I've always thought that the only reason that you do that is if you had a different marketing vision and you had a different training vision than the corporate company. Is that, was that true in your case?
1: Absolutely. Okay. I hated everything corporate. I, 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 I don't like doctrine, right? And my way isn't the only way here, right? Real estate business, it's full of all flavors, all sizes, all everything, right? There isn't just one way to do it. My way, which works for Peter and won't work for all of your listeners, is I always like to dance to the beat of my own drum. Because if I'm using generic this and generic that and generic colors and generic videos and generic this, I'm generic, I wanted to create my own marketing from scratch, which I did my Mm -hmm. own brand from scratch, which I did my own flavor from scratch, which I did. And again, I didn't fear PLG failing. If it failed, awesome. I'll go get the corner office at 99% at the local Keller Williams office.
2: I got you. And so how long have you been? How long has PLG estate been a thing? 10 years. And, uh, Um, I can see that you've got 30, 30, is it 30 agents or is it nearly 200, 200 agents? Okay. Um, so 200 agents, 30, 10 years later, um, doing it your own way. What, what is like one of the, the number one marketing principles that you, let's say talk to your agents about? Like I can tell that you, you're fiercely independent and it's going to be authentic. And that's what I'm picking up is like be yourself, be authentic. But is there is there something that you instruct your entire 200 agent team to do in yes. terms of what, what would that be?
1: Don't do anything generic. Okay. Uh, I also tell them online leads come last. That all the deals I have ever done, not all, but I know it's a statistic anyway. That I, and I hope I'm not blowing holes in the podcast here. I'm just giving my opinion. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. 86 of deals come from people you know, right? That's just a nasty statistic. So I spend 86% of my time contacting my sphere of influence. And I teach my guys to do the same. And I teach them not to do drip campaigns. And I teach them not to do generic postcards and market reports. I teach them to have personal one on one interaction with every single person in their database who they can remember something about because i get prospected all the time by plumbers and roofing companies and you know lawyers and whatever but when a a a friend of mine we're not even a friend someone i somebody calls me up and they go hey pete you know i'm an electrician and um i want i worked for les thompson and you know les always said nice things about you so i wanted to introduce myself because les is retired now boom that guy's in He's in. He's my electrician. I'll at least give him a shot. Okay. And that's my philosophy on how to attract business.
2: Okay. And so I haven't cleared this with anybody, but do you mind if I ask you what the numbers are for PLG? So you got 200 agents. You're here in Los Angeles. Uh, what what uh, was your uh, gross whatever sales? Right?
1: We do about half a billion a year. Okay. Maybe more.
2: Okay. And you're all over the world because I'm on your website and I'm seeing chateaus in France. So you're not just here. You're everywhere.
1: I have an... I'm I'm like the French resistance. I have an underground network of independents across the planet. Okay. Um, Bonjour. 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 Au revoir. Coul de sac. Um, Some more. (laughs) (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) And you know, listen, I'm you can tell that I'm very polarized in my belief system, right? For right, for wrong. Sure. I'm like the guy in the trenches that is fully committed to going over the top when I blow the whistle and I will lead the charge. Now we might all get shot, but if we do, I'm doing it with absolute commitment to my people. Right. Sure.
0: We're gonna we're gonna go for our break. When we come back, I'm gonna be asking Peter about his technology stack. He said he didn't like drip campaigns, but I'm going to ask him about how important is his digital marketing, i.e., his website and other digital assets, to his company and to his marketing outreach. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. and uh he's uh, been telling us about his way his way his approach um <laughs> so, so peter um you said you don't like th- these drip campaign systems but um how important is your digital marketing i.e., your website and other digital outreach you know your social media and What is um, some of your technology that your brokerage relies on to assist your agents in dealing with clients and maybe, um, doing outreach to clients?
2: So,
1: uh, great question. Uh, when I say drip campaigns, I guess what I mean is I don't like generic drip campaigns, but I do like CRMs.
0: Yeah.
1: I do like CRMs where you can load them with interesting stuff that you've created or, or, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Procured. What's the word? What do people do in art galleries? They, what's it called? The person that puts the art show on? Curator. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right.
1: So I curate, I curate myself stuff that I think is really important to my people. And then I might slide that into a, um, a, uh, a, a CRM once a month, they get shot something of interest, right? Um, we do have at PLG, which is not PLRM, but at PLG, we do have a newsletter because I think it's important to let our database know our sales, right? We still have to promote our sales. But the number one thing I, uh, and I'll get into the tech stack in a minute, so there are some things that I really, really like. Um. I believe the most important thing for us to promote right now is, is social media. That's, the, that's the, the gate of entry. The port of entry for everyone, certainly in LA, is Instagram and Facebook, uh, a little bit of TikTok, a little bit of Snapchat. So I, I my ethos is start there because people are going to look up your Instagram account first in LA. If they like your Instagram account, they're going to click the link in your profile to go to your website. So I think websites are very, very important. I think the job of a website has changed, right? Because the attention span of people has changed. 12 years ago, right? We'd go on a website, and we'd read every page, right? We'd be like, about us and this and that and this and that. Now, to me, a website needs to be digestible in 12 seconds. I need to go on and go, yep, yep, got it. And if I want to then go to properties or maybe two or three other pages. I don't think we need, like, reams and reams and reams of information anymore. What do you
0: mean by, I've got it?
1: Meaning, I need to be, I call it my, and I never do this, listeners, but I call this, I need to be I'll understand this in the fast lane on the 101, right? That's my rule of thumb for tech. And if someone sends me, like, I get hit up, as we all do, by companies that are promoting their products and they'll send me a long email with 10 paragraphs and then a link to a video that's 45 minutes long. I'm never watching it. I'm not actually getting past line number three. I represent, I believe the way that the mindset of the public in LA, I don't know about the rest of the country is everybody's moving very quickly and have, they have zero patience. So if I'm looking at a product or a person or a company I need to be able to know what. It, there's a phrase that I learned. this is actually from the BBC. Um, this is an old TV phrase, and it's a product you and I know. I'm going to send you a $1.50 gift card to Starbucks if you get this right, Jonathan. Name the product when I give you the hook. Does what it says on the tin. Ron seal. Ron right. Seale, yeah. Ron
0: Ah! You bugger, You're a bugger, Peter. You, are. Right. Do you want
1: to call a friend? Oh, you don't have any friends. So,
0: um... <laughs> it's so <laughs> obvious, isn't it?
1: <laughs> actually, I just
0: live in my basement, my mother's <laughs> basement. I don't actually live in America. It's all a lie, folks. <laughs> all right. a lie. Right. Uh,
1: and so it does what it says on the tin is something that I live and die by. Now, part of this you're is not related
0: to Trump are you, you, you know?
1: quite the opposite I'm actually quite <laughs> related quite related to Obama <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's my boy
0: he's my boy but yeah.
1: um, what the thing being an old I was an old I don't want to I'm just rattling now but being an old songwriter the way that I used to write songs I was signed to EMI uh, publishing as a songwriter and I always had to start from the hook and go out, right? I'd start with a great hook. She loves you, baby, whatever the hell the hook is. And then I would build the song around it. So when it comes to reviewing people and products, if, I, if it doesn't do what it says on the tin in 12 seconds, they haven't sold it to me. Yeah. So I'm out. Yeah. And so I need to, my company, what we need to do, what I, what I teach agents to do is do what it, it, do what it says on the tin in the briefest amount of time possible. Because if you get this, uh, uh, I don't really know. I'll come back to that later. You're done. You lost them. Yeah. Well, it's this, it's
0: this, um, this old saying on websites, you know, people, t- when they're making apps, they tend to sell features. People don't buy products for features. They buy, buy products because out of fear or out of lust, basically. And or they buy a, a, a buy something because it's going to help them with a problem. It's a problem solver. So they so you got to tell them how you're going to solve their problems, and you got to get. And I suppose that's the same with real estate. You got to really explain pretty quickly why you're better than the competition, why why a client should care. Really, shouldn't you?
1: Yeah, interesting. And I'll come back to the tech stack in a second as well. Uh, that's another thing that I teach. I teach never worry about the competition. You know, I come from, uh, I normally have the book lying around, but um, uh, The Science of Getting Rich, which is a dreadful title, but it's a great book by William Wallace. Yeah. Um, is, for me, the cornerstone of how to do business, right? Always give more than you expect to receive. Always go the extra mile, even if you, if, if you don't get something back. and there is always enough for everyone and competition doesn't it competition should not drive the market right we can aspire to be the number one agent we can aspire to be the number one brokerage but there is more than enough for everyone to get everything they want um and so i never teach the agents to go out and say why they're better than someone else i teach them to go out and say why they are perfect for the job
0: yeah Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. So I don't worry much about the competition because there's not much I can do about it. I can only do things about my own performance. Right. Um, I can't do anything about the competition. And if somebody disappears, only another competitor will appear. And they might be a more efficient competitor. So I just don't worry about it. Um, Yeah. So your tech stack what do you use in your brokerage and what do you like and maybe you can give a quick insight something you thought was going to be the bee's knees that didn't actually work out that well
1: okay i can all right so there i'm a big fan of right having having a small arsenal of tools i find when there are too many tools one gets lost right it's like what does this does this do that so One of the tools that I love and adore and was an early adopter of as soon as I could get my hands on it was Real Scout. I think Real Scout for the agents is banging. If you're an agent and you don't know what Real Scout is, Real Scout gives you the ability to insert yourself between your local MLS and the and the buyers. And they still get all the listings which look beautifully, beautiful and far more beautiful than they do in LA, sent from Real Scout. But then the, the, the bonus is you get to see who looked at what, how long they looked at it, and how many times they looked at it. So if you have a 20 or 30 buyers that you're working with, now the mystery is gone as to who is actually active and who isn't. So it allows you to focus your efforts on the people that are maybe your A's and your B's. And then the C's and D's you still cater to, but you know that they're not quite moving as fast. So the mystery of who's a real buyer is gone. That's number one. Everybody in the brokerage has that. Uh, I also got the suite from HomeSpotter. So I've got HomeSpotter mobile app, which is white-labeled to PLG. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with that, I got Boost. And then I also got Spatio for open houses. So all of the guys get that.
0: What does Spatio do then?
1: Spatio is an iPad-based open house sign-in sheet, which, of course, we can't use now. But um, mm-hmm. And what it does is it sets up clients on um alerts and you get alerted when they're looking at something that you've sent, right? And it's normally related to the house that they came and saw. And and it's a it kind of auto-prospects people at open houses for a minute. So that's good. And then you transfer them into Real Scout.
0: Yeah, Can I just quickly um just ask you a quick question about open houses? I, you know, I'm still a big you know, obviously in the pandemic, you can't do them, so you've got to do virtual open houses maybe. Um But without a pandemic being there, I'm still a great fan of open houses. But so many in the industry really shit on open houses. They really say they're a total freaking waste of time. They're really totally negative about them. But I think they're a great way of of building up your database if you've got a process, which you have. Um, So what's your do you agree I love them. you still love open
1: houses i love them and i love them for a whole multitude of reasons which is i'm still a practicing agent as well my wife and i we we do you know we we do lots of deals a year ourselves probably i don't know 50, 50 to 100 deals a year and um i look at it as an opportunity for me to then get some of the newer guys who don't have business they can sit my open houses and uh, whoever whoever walks in is theirs. You know, I know some agents, and I'm I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong, they have junior agents sit their opens and then take 50% of the buyers they find. Never been a fan of that. I'm like, if somebody's going to give up their Sunday, because it's not just three hours, it's five hours, right? It's getting ready, yeah. putting the signs out. It's the whole day.
2: Yeah.
1: If somebody's going to give up their day whilst they're trying to get a foothold in the industry, they should get the whole commission. And so... Um, Uh, I'm a big fan of it, and in LA as well. I don't know what it's like around the rest of the country, but people like to come and look at things, things incognito in LA. They'll go and look. Everybody has an agent, but they'll go and look on their own and then call the agent and go, you know, I like 123 Green Street. What do you think? You know, so I think the market is better with Opens.
0: Yeah, right. Thanks for that. Uh, That's a gold. I totally agree with you. And you heard it from a really successful broker. Open houses still work, guys and ladies. Back onto your stack. Yes.
1: So, uh, obviously, uh, a social media manager, I think, is something that everyone should have. Social media... By nature was something that was organic and we were just sharing our thoughts and pictures and what have you. Obviously, now it is. I look at social media as that, but also as your own personal PR company. And so we should be planning out um, our social media calendar weeks, if not months, in advance. So not every little post, but I think if you're an agent, you need what I call the anchor posts. You need at least three real estate related posts a week that are informational, that are great, that are thought through, that are concise, that give information that people can't find on their own. Um and then around that you can have puppies and coffees and you know ballroom dancing and yeah and what have you. So hootsuite is great. Um I like Icono Square. Um I mean there's a million those are the two that I use. Yep. Yeah. Um and then if you are video editing now, I have been a big video guy for for well for we, a long...
0: something we keep plugging all the time, Peter, on the show.
1: So if you got an iPhone, which I'm speaking in now, um, it is a ridiculously fabulous, beautiful interface for recording video. And then all you need—I know this sounds a bit dodgy—all you need is one of these, right? This is a Shure MV88. It plugs in the iPhone. You stick it on a selfie stick, and you have got a full-on, semi-professional video suite. And then, if you really want it, because I'm a big Final Cut guy on my laptop, I just switched, and I actually moved to Luma Fusion, uh, which is called Luma Touch now, on uh, on my iPad Pro, because I never liked being chained to my laptop. So now I have all my videos that I'm editing in this. And when my brain is just melting from being on calls or showing houses or sitting with agents and I just need to kind of do something different for a minute, I'll break this out and I'll edit 10 minutes of a video and then I'll put out a vlog two to four times a month, which I know people watch, which is where I get business from.
0: Yeah, we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show, Peter, because I like to keep it at about 30 minutes but okay. it's okay, you could stay on for another 10 minutes. That would yeah, sure. be between, between 10 and 11. I would imagine you giving us an hour of your time. Peter's extremely busy, and I do appreciate him agreeing coming on the show because I know he's dealing with a lot of stuff at the same time because he's a successful broker. Um, so we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show. Peter, What what's the best way for people to find out more about you, your ideas, and what you're up to, Peter? So.
1: Um, I live on Instagram and you can go to at Peter Lorimer. That's Peter L-O-R-I-M-E-R. Uh, you can just Google as well, Peter Lorimer, and I should pop up. There's me and a dodgy soccer player that pop up. Yeah. I'm not the soccer player.
0: No, nah, he's not the dodgy soccer player. <laughs>
1: um but uh, that uh, Instagram is the best way. Uh, and then my email is peter at plgestates.com if you want to reach out through email. But that's And it's well worth
0: following Peter because he's he still got a really active, even though he's successful, he's still hungry. He's still very active in his comments and in his views. So it's well worth still following Peter on those platforms. So, Robert um what's the best way for people to find out more about you and your views and what you are up to
2: you can uh always find out more about me at dot that's
0: great and yeah. if you want to if you want to see the bonus content that we're going to just have with peter um the best way is to go to the U youtube channel don't do a search for mail and you'll be able to see the whole interview on youtube yeah hey, i want to
2: I want to throw a wind up in into there though. I think that uh if you're okay with it, what I'd like the bonus content to be, because I know I know every single agent that's ever been an agent has always wanted their own show. Peter has one, so I wanna ask a question. Oh yes. One. I wanna ask the question uh of did it generate you business? But let's save that and save the answer. Yeah, we we'll wait for gone. the answer
0: in the bonus content, like yeah. say, which you'll be able to see on the Mel Wright YouTube channel. We'll see you next week where hopefully it's going to be a great internal discussion about tech and real estate between me and Robert or we have another great guest like Peter. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. <laughs>